Episode 112 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys. We're ready to talk some wrestling. We got a lot of good stuff happening in the wrestling world right now. The always fun WWE Royal Rumble is coming up. I barely know what's going on, but, you know, it's always a fun time. So we're going to see what's popping and get you filled in and excited about it. We saw a nice little AEW Dynamite tonight. It was a tribute to the late Jay Briscoe. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about some high points of the evening and, uh, yeah, just overall see what's going on with the boys. So let's introduce them to you real quick over in Glendale. My guy who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Grabby? I'm the one with all the stroke around here, so choke on that, slap nuts. <laughs> <laughs> is that the guy that gets it from the guitar or is that a jeff jarrett quote that's a jeff jarrett all the way quote yeah Yeah. i'm not a fan of jarrett but yeah i definitely jarrett i don't know why i just never liked him i i mean there's really no reason why you shouldn't or maybe every reason why you shouldn't i don't know he's the best but but he's grown on me with like as i got older i appreciate him a lot more and like I think he just needed to get older because he was probably so old school, but looked young. Like MJF pulls it off somehow, you know, he's super young, but he's got that old school, like what works in wrestling mastered. So, but I don't know. It's, it's so symmetry. And maybe I think Jeff Jarrett maybe had what MJF has when he was younger, but it just works better with his look and how he looks. Maybe that's where I'm at right now with him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It does, and I feel like when you think when you picture Jeff Jarrett, he fits in perfectly actually with MJF's quote tonight about uh, being a Jew hiding in a dark room from a guy with blue eyes. Hopefully, maybe that's <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. I don't know. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That was wow. that was a bold line. I mean, every week MJF has a zinger, but this one was uh, he's pushing it's up it. there. <laughs> I might have stepped out for that line, but wow. Okay. Yeah, MJF always on fire. Speaking of fire, my guy is down in Bayview. You already heard his voice, but he keeps it freshly squeezed nonetheless. It's Mr. Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? Cut that music. Cut that music. Oh, man. Ethan Page with the biggest heel reaction of the night when the Hardy Boys music stopped playing <laughs> because he asked it to. Oh, even pissed me off, and I'm at home. Wow. Yeah, that'll get him going. The people of Kentucky, aren't the Hardy Boys from Kentucky? Uh, North Carolina. Oh, yeah, I knew it was some redneck state. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the southeast corner of the U.S., friends of the channel. Love ya. We love you, rednecks. Exactly. And speaking of rednecks, have you guys been watching Power Slap at all? (laughs) Uh, Just after uh, AEW Dynamite these last two weeks? So... and yeah. admittedly, I have not watched this. I know that Dana White from UFC is behind it all, and, and I've seen the commercials, and, man, these guys just look like they get the shit slapped out of them. What, what is oh, this yeah. about? 
Did you see J- Dirk Nowinski? Or is that how you say it? The guy that like former wrestler that's like huge prominent with like head trauma and concussions. He's like a uh like a big speaker about it. And he was like just railing on this. Like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's head trauma waiting to happen. Dude, dude, you guys, it is it is like insane and it's it's kind of like it's it's taken our society down a couple pegs because of just how (laughs) stupid this is and how desperate maybe people are and like how normal they're trying to make this as a combat sport uh and they have like a set and doctors and spotters and rules but really all it is is just watching people give one another permanent brain damage for the rest of their lives for not enough money for what this is worth it is it is insane they have like you know like that phantom camera where it slows it down like super yeah. super and you can by, s- i don't dude yeah it, it's it's awful so okay and the reason i know this too is like i watched AEW dynamite the recording of it uh last week and it like kept recording and they, you know, TBS, they do a magical job of just like putting the show in with AEW dynamite or whatever. I don't know. It just, it was still on my recording The th- there's no intro. They just cut right to a match. They like in the tournament, there's a set. It looks, you know, legit. It's like, what the fuck is this? You see these two dudes come out and they look like just normal guys might work at a gas station. The other guy might work for H&R Block. I don't know. They look normal <laughs> as hell. They step up there, and the first slap makes – you saw the Tua Tawalaga or whatever his name is from Miami, the QB. Like with yeah, the fingers, absolutely. Like just pointing. Like It was one of those. Yeah. Like, dude just Ugh. dropped instantly. Fingers like pointed every which way. There's no coming back from that. And I mean, these are the tryouts to get on Ugh. the show. So it's not even like you're gonna like get into the like get some TV time to get any kind of Facebook following or Instagram following or anything if you don't win the whole thing. And I don't even know what you win if you win the whole thing. It's not worth if it's a if it's a hundred grand. It's not worth enough because they're going week after week after week after week getting so- the shit beat out of them. So this is like American Idol, but you get slapped in the face, bro. Yeah, they put them all in a house. They put oh them my all God. in a house together, so they're getting animosity, uh, boiled up in them in a house setting. And these guys are not like the cream of the crop of society. These guys are a bunch <laughs> of fucking dirt balls, and they throw them all in the house. They give my them God. free beer and free food, probably no TV, no distraction. So all they can do is get drunk and talk shit to each other and say, I'm the best slapper. No, I'll slap the shit out of you. And like, dude, it is fucking nuts. And Dana White is just sitting there having the biggest grin on his face, bigger than the freaking Heath Ledger as the Joker. Like it's wide as fuck. And the dude actually just got in trouble for domestic abuse for his wife for slapping his wife. He like, did. What is going on? That's the irony behind all this, I think, more than anything. Because, yeah, when we first it's started disgusting. talking about this, I was even thinking, yeah, Dana White, like, there was some scandal with him recently that really <laughs> flew under the radar where he slapped his wife in public or, like, it was caught on camera somewhere. Mm-hmm. And his apology was interesting. It was basically, you know, sometimes we get too drunk and yeah, I'm not saying I would ever, I should ever slap a woman. I, I shouldn't have done that. 
basically is what he said. He's like, but you know, you drink and things happen. So basically did not get not a really, shit. Uh, and now he has a show about getting slapped in the face. God. Dude, it's insane. So bad. I can't, I can't even believe it. And, and it's so dumb too. They like the first episode, they have like the, the studio with the tournament going on. And then they show Dana White in these, these experts in the sport and they're like showing the reactions like, Oh, he just got knocked the fuck out. He's got a strong slap. And then the other one's like, like if they don't knock him out right away, they're like, mm, he's got a good chin. He's got a good, like they just there's say no the same science. There's no, there's no, there's exactly. no, there's uh, no sport behind that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what oh happened to battle bots? Is that still on or did that get canceled? I feel like they just put in some sort of combat after um, AEW Dynamite right now. You know, the bots were on the line. Now they're putting human lives on the line. I <laughs> I prefer watching the bots get destroyed because I like seeing these nerds celebrate. Yeah. And, like, there's there's awesome. actual intelligence and science behind it. Yeah. And for those of our listeners out there, um, Mike and I are both in our later 30s, uh, so we have some nostalgia when it comes to BattleBots because if you're in our age group, you know that back in the day, meaning the early 2000s, late 90s, BattleBots was a huge show uh, on cable TV, and they brought it back on TBS. It was awesome. And so Mike really got back into it. I watched a few episodes of it. (laughs) I got into it. It's a feel-good show for sure because, like you said, it's bots destroying each other. It's not human beings, which made it a little more endearing. I love it. BattleBots, yeah. like, I was I was on it. I was just, like, kind of looking at it from the perspective, like, as wrestling, kind of like, oh, damn. This, this is, like, um, like, I was so thick into it that I was like, okay, this would be the Kenny Omega of this <laughs> BattleBot thing, and then this would be the Adam Cole of this BattleBot thing, and it's like, damn, who would win this? And there would be upsets. There would be crazy stuff happen. And then, by the way... These people that drive them, they're like geniuses. Like mm-hmm. they're really good. They like look at it as like chess, but with actual machinery that they built, assembled, and compete against and spend a lot of time and money doing. It so is you got to celebrate that. Absolutely. I'm not going to celebrate people getting slapped the fuck in their face. Like, but the problem is. I'm probably going to watch this because of how ridiculous it is. This power slap show. <laughs> like it's it. fucked up, dude. I don't know. But these phantom slow motion things, like it's almost like a train. I wreck. don't know. You ever see like that fat guy get like, sh- like the fat guy that got like hit with a cannonball, like in the black <laughs> and white slow-mo, like, and you see his belly fat, just go <laughs> like, I think fall I've backwards. That. That's what these guys, these guys' faces look like feta cheese by the end of this show, dude. So, like, I totally get what you mean. Like, we, we've spent the last five or so minutes talking about this Power Slap <laughs> show and just all the things wrong with it. And you're like, but I'll probably still end up watching it. I feel like yeah. I'm the same way when it comes to Monday Night Raw. Like, it, you know it's going to be three hours of just pointless drivel. But, God, there's just comfort in it sometimes. And we'll get into that, actually, a little bit later in the show. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Check it out, I guess, or don't. I don't know. It's 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 fucked up. It's like they slap them. You can recover. You can get up. They try to just make it look so official and like a sport, but it, like it just it's not. shouldn't. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I like the Ocho. 
where beanbags could be a sport, rock skipping could be a sport, uh, pogo stick flipping might be a sport, and they do celebrate that. Just don't hurt anybody like this. It's just not worth it. It's yeah. really not. Agreed. Okay. Well, anyway, let's move on to something, <laughs> you know, still hard-hitting, but not hopefully as uh, damaging. But it was the main event between Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal tonight. Uh, it was to honor Jay, uh, Mark's brother. Um, thought it was really great. You know, they gave like a nice vignette about uh, Jay's life during it. Jay uh, Lethal comes out, you know, and on a, a, a Ring of Honor star along with the Briscoes. And uh, Paul Turner mm. was the referee. So appropriately being a big Ring of Honor referee legend. So really really awesome jay lethal's out there he's like basically crying like and i don't know how you do hold back tears in that situation if you were jay lethal obviously wrestling jay Dutt too yeah, yeah yeah i mean it had to have been so emotional for all these guys just you know overcome and i think it hopefully helped everybody a little bit put a little closure on it because you know, you got to do when it happened on Tuesday night, you have to do something right away. So it's like you're acknowledging it, but there just wasn't enough time for that kind of loss in the wrestling world. So after a week of being able to breathe and think and, you know, everybody could handle it the way that they need to. It was really awesome. Uh, we'll get to the details of the match, but it was great to see the whole locker room come out and celebrate his life and, you know, grieve together. So it's a re- it was a really good thing. But yeah. Highlights of the match. What do you guys feel about this? It was a great match. Um, I, I I know we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, which for those of our listeners who haven't checked it out, uh, it was a tag team podcast between Mike and I. You can go back and check that out. We talk a lot about Jay Briscoe's death and just what we knew at the time last week. This week was quite a bit different. Um, I think Warner Media had a week to decide whether or not they wanted the Briscoes, Mark Briscoe in this case, to actually be on television. Uh, thankfully, Tony Khan was able to convince them, which I think was really great. It made for a great last 20 minutes, half hour of AEW Dynamite. The match itself was great. Um, Jay Briscoe comes, or excuse me, Mark Briscoe comes out. Jay Lethal, kind of like you said, Mike, just crying like crazy almost. Um, it was really emotional. And one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was that the Lexington crowd was pretty quiet all night. I think in general, this entire episode of Dynamite was a little bit more subdued than past episodes have been they've been on a roll lately but this week was just a little bit different so um but the crowd really came up for this match and mark briscoe comes out i I talked about this a little bit last week i haven't seen a ton of stuff from the briscoes man this guy went for it though he just fit right in on the show totally deserving of the main event spot obviously there was the emotional factor to it but as far as the work itself goes it, it was phenomenal. Just a great match. Um, the spot where Mark Briscoe does the flying elbow drop off the top rope to the outside through a table onto Jay Lethal, to me at least, I thought was the highlight of the match. Um, started out kind of slow. Not not slow, but um, really working more of an amateur wrestling style, which I really like matches like that. I've learned to realize they just build and then ultimately just turn into something kind of insane, and that's what this was. Um Every time Mark Briscoe would make kung fu sounds and then do a move, just cracked me up. Uh, the guy is just a character inside the ring. And again, I haven't seen a ton of the Briscoe stuff, so it was kind of new to me. Definitely made me chuckle a little bit. Um, I totally see why everybody loves them so much. And I thought this match was a great tribute for Jay Briscoe. And like you said, Mike, after the match ended, um, Jay Briscoe's picture appears up on the Titantron. 
the whole locker room standing there. And when the camera fades out, Mark Briscoe standing there under the picture with the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Just a great way to end the show. Thousand percent agree, my friend. Very well said. And um, what was th- wh- why was uh, the Briscoes not able to be on TV? So, so I I, I don't know how many years ago, but it was I think it was some time ago. Um, they mostly I think it was Jay, but but I think maybe both of them technically made some sort of homophobic. I don't remember if it was tweet or some sort of comment that they since you know, apologized Uh, for, but Warner was pretty absolute about that, that with this whole ring of honor thing mm -hmm. that they could never show up. And they didn't really even other than announce matches, even like show or acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. But Tony Khan was able to smooth over a Mark being on the show and B that they could show footage and stuff of Jay. Um, It is funny. I was, you know, I try not to watch, read too much on the internet, you know, especially like people's comments on stuff. But some guy I saw was like, you know, Warner's like so absolute not letting a guy that did a tweet a long time ago that he apologized for ever show up on the show. Um, but they sure make a lot of money off of the Harry Potter stuff. And, you know, like uh, J.K. Rowling with her anti-trans gender mm. stuff. It's like it's mm. a little bit of a double standard there. But uh, yeah, yeah, that is corporate America for you. But wow. uh, yeah. No, I didn't know about that. And that's a good point there, too, Steve. Yeah, man. Well, and and further, and if that is the case, and like they did wrestle how they did tonight, that that puts another great closure. Like you know, hopefully everybody can kind of move forward, so there's not like oh, what you know, the, like always, you know, years from now, it'd be like they should have done this, or like yeah, it would have been so fitting, you know. So hopefully it'll help everybody grieve and uh, yeah. move forward positively. It sounds like Mark's clear to wrestle like on as much as they want him to on Dynamite now. So I don't know well, if they'll do something with him. I mean, obviously, you know, you hate to talk business a week after, uh, you know, his brother passes away, but they got to do something about the titles. I don't true. know if he'll find a, you know, partner. I almost like pictured that match ending with like, you know, uh, him and Jay hugging and Jay and Jay lethal is like his partner going forward or something, you know, they could do anything mm-hmm. they want, but no, yeah. I, just to echo what Matt, there's not much more to say with from what Matt said, but I don't have, I'm certainly no Charlie when it comes to the Briscoes, but I've certainly seen some of the highlight, you know, like their FTR matches and stuff. And they're obviously like, you know, it's, it feels like they've been around forever and it floors me. They're not even, they weren't even 40, but yeah. that's because they started in their like late teens but yeah. uh, no, I thought everything was handled really well. It was like a great, it was a good match. I like the table spot, but it wasn't the time or the place to go bloody crazy. And, you know, I like, I didn't, I neither expected it, nor was I hoping for it. It was just a really mm-hmm. good, like Matt said, like it started off a little technical, a little old school. Then they got a little bit more wild, but it was just, it was just, a, obviously it meant the world to those guys. And um that's really all that matters and then all the wrestlers coming out you could see like you know some people like adam cole crying and others that uh yeah and christopher daniels some of those guys that have you know were part of ring of honor for a long ass time yeah uh being out there yeah it's such a tragedy i mean such a tragic way um yeah driving his kids yeah yeah and and i'm glad the kids i i hear are more in stable condition now sounds like it Sounds like they're going to be all right. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. But when, you know, these guys spend so much time with one another 
all over America, sharing hotel rooms, you know, on the road. Just, I don't even like put my, I shake hands with dudes and I hug dudes. These dudes are doing, putting their lives literally in each other's hands for a living. Mm -hmm. So that bond that, and the trust that they build doing what they do and then wrestle and put on as many shows as they have together. And then for them, for him to, you know, leave this planet the way he did, man, it's gotta be so tough, but yeah, hopefully I think tonight what AEW did was a, a really nice way to help people grieve and move forward. And yeah, rest in peace, Jay Briscoe and rest in peace is uh, back in WWE as well. We saw the undertaker come back and uh, get something going with Bray Wyatt, along with some other stars. We mentioned at the top of the show that the Royal rumble is coming up and that's where you see kind of a lot of new storylines, big names that you haven't seen for a while start butting out of um, the abyss and uh, get some get some chatter going leading up to WrestleMania. So uh, what's going on, man? I know you've kind of known uh, or seen some uh, rumblings or like, what you hearing? Yeah. Um, so this past Monday, for those of our listeners who somewhat follow WWE, or even if you don't, um, Raw celebrated their 30th anniversary by uh, dubbing the show Raw is Triple X, which I thought was so appropriate <laughs> for a PG show, right, on TV. Um <laughs> But that aside, the first hour of this show was so good. Um, I think we've talked about this a little bit on past episodes. The bloodline with Roman Reigns and Sami Uso, or Sami Zayn, depending on what you want to call him. It just, it's so good. It's super entertaining. Roman Reigns is constantly questioning Sami Zayn's loyalty. Um, meanwhile, other members of the bloodline, primarily the Usos, are back and forth on, like, can Sami be trusted or not? And Sammy's just cracking jokes the whole time or making you smile. It's probably one of the best angles in pro wrestling right now. Um, and that's mm-hmm. not me exaggerating by any means. So um, so the show actually opened up with Hulk Hogan coming out and, you know, welcoming everyone to the 30th anniversary of Raw. It was a really stodgy welcome. Um, his microphone cut out for a minute. The crowd oh, yeah. sort of mixed on how he <laughs> felt about him. The weird intro. Um, thankfully, it ended pretty quickly. And then it got to the bloodline stuff, which lasted probably almost a half hour. It was a long segment. Um, Paul Heyman's got Sami Zayn on trial. They've got law and order, like exhibits being shown on the Titan Tron. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, classic WWE stuff. Um, and then after that, we have a tag team match between the Usos and uh, the Judgment Day, which if you guys haven't been following WWE is Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, who is playing a character where he's an ex-convict now. Oh, yeah, I heard uh, this. Yeah, but clearly not. Like, he's totally hamming it up like he is, but everybody knows he isn't. It's it's hilarious. Um, And this whole faction is led by Rhea Ripley, who has had stare-downs with Solo Sokoa and other members of the Bloodline. Like, she's going to take them on one-on-one. Rhea Ripley is by far the most badass woman in WWE right now. She, oh, yeah. She's got real vibes of like China from back in the day where it doesn't matter who you are. She could probably destroy you. So really cool things they're doing with her. But uh, this tag team match, actually, one of the Usos, I, and I believe it was Jimmy Uso, I want to say. Apologies if I got that wrong. But he gets injured halfway through the match, um, and he's getting carried out. There's some shenanigans that happen. Basically, Sami Zayn gets inserted, and the match continues. 
and he and Jay Uso end up winning together. So not only do you get a great tag team title match on the show, it ties into the first segment we saw on the show. So the whole first hour of the show was really like one continual story with different segments to it. Um, really cool to see from WWE. We don't even get that every week on AEW, which is kind of crazy. So it was really interesting to see this. Now, that was Raw. Obviously, Mike, you mentioned that this Saturday is the Royal Rumble. Um, a few things that I've heard about this. Uh, first of all, Cody Rhodes has been announced. He's going to be making his return in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speculation around him potentially winning the Rumble. Um, but at the same time, it seems like the most obvious WrestleMania match is Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns, at least right now. So if Cody were to win the Rumble, where does that leave him? Does he wrestle Roman or do they find some other champion in the meantime? I don't really know yet. So there's a lot that could happen, which is one of the things that I think think makes this Rumble really exciting. There was also a lot of legends on this past episode of Raw, and I think we're going to see a lot of them in the Rumble as well. There's so many storylines going on right now in WWE that they could branch off of and do things with that the Rumble itself could be really interesting. Um, and I think they've, they've said that they've got some really interesting surprises lined up for this year's Rumble as well. So not only are you going to get the special appearances that you never saw coming, you could get some really cool storylines out of it too and some really interesting builds to WrestleMania. So I personally am really excited for it. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Yeah, what's your prediction? Like if you had, okay, gun to your head, metaphorically um who which man wins the royal rumble cody rhodes that he's my pick to win i've heard i've heard that i mean from some people um i hear seth rollins name being thrown around a lot Um, i've heard that too um yeah that could be i mean my only take on that is seth has been in the main event picture so much over the last six or seven years now i i don't know I mean, yeah, okay. he's a great wrestler, and you can always insert him, but WWE has so much else going on right now with their different storylines. I, I feel like he would personally would probably be the last person I'd choose, but hey, you never know. Would, would uh, Sami Zayn be participating in the Rumble? Um, I don't know, honestly. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a lot of fans listening to the show who are just screaming into their uh, like computers right now. Like, yeah, like, you idiots. How do you not know this? Um. Like we've talked about in a lot of episodes, we do not watch a lot of WWE. So honestly, I'm not sure. Um, I think we're going to find out come wins, Saturday. He could go against Roman at WrestleMania if it's the best angle going, or the would crowd they would love it. Echo that. That that could be the case. Um, I don't know. It's a great question. So what about my, Brock Lesnar? Yeah, is he in the mix? So if Brock I think Lesnar he comes yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um. I think he is. I've heard rumors that they're building Brock versus Bobby Lashley as a WrestleMania match. That would be really cool. There's also been some speculation on the internet about having Brock Lesnar versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Oh my God. And inserting Brock into the Intercontinental title picture, which I think would do a lot for that belt. Um, At the same time, though... You know, where does that leave Gunther? Like he's been He has really, to beat him. He would have to. And that's the thing. Because Gunther's been built up so well over the last several months. He he was booked really well in NXT UK for those of you, you know, five people who watch that show. I was one of them. Yep, me too. And okay, so the three of you out there who are listening, 
anyway uh so gunther's been booked really well again on the main roster of wwe so they've sort of redeemed his character if he were to face brock i feel like he'd have to win um it's it's really risky though especially with vince now being back in the picture vince is a brock guy and it would just totally destroy gunther's aura at this point so i don't really know if that's what we're going to end up seeing i it's more likely to be brock lesnar versus bobby lashley i want to say as far as the rumble goes yeah we'll probably see brock in it i don't know how he's going to play into it i i hope he doesn't win because the last thing we need, given all the opportunity within WWE right now, is another Brock versus Roman match at WrestleMania. God, no. There's the marks that'll be like, oh, you know, Gunther just having the honor of being in the ring at WrestleMania would be a big thing for him versus Lesnar. I, him losing to Lesnar would gain him nothing. I mean, unless you're just like one of those stooges that think like really buy into that, like the same people that thought that Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family being humiliated by the, uh, the rock at WrestleMania some somehow did some good for them. So have you guys heard any free agents being thrown around as contestants for the Royal rumble at all boys at the what culture podcast been saying anything or reading anything online? Hasn't there been talk they're they're going to get away from that? I think mm. so. Yeah, I mean, honestly, with AEW coming around in 2019, and especially now with Ring of Honor being owned as part of that, I don't really think there's a lot of free agents out there right now. Um, right. One thing we did see tonight on AEW Dynamite, not to go on a short tangent, but uh, Brian Danielson was able to overcome Brian Cage as part of his matches he needs to win to remain number one contender. And MJF uh, later in the show announced that next week on Dynamite, we're going to see Brian Danielson take on Timothy Thatcher. Yes. And for those of you who watched NXT sort of towards wow. the tail end of its good run that it had, man, this guy is probably one of the most hard hitting real wrestlers that ever was on that brand. So um, he's wrestling for pro wrestling Noah right now, which is a promotion out of Japan, sort of along the same lines as new Japan. Um, but it's been a while since we've seen him in a North American promotion, so that's going to be a really good match next week. But uh, regardless of all that, Timothy Thatcher only came to mind because I think you could maybe consider him a free agent that WWE might consider. Um, mm-hmm. The only other thing I can maybe think of is someone from within NXT, like Braun Breaker or one of their big names, which that's a stretch to call anyone on the NXT roster right now a big name. Braun would be the right. only one. Yeah, he he's realistically Braun Breaker is probably the only one I could see uh, like actually getting called up. Uh, what about uh, what about the 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 fucking hairy guy, the to the moon guy? Oh, Cameron Grimes. Oh my yeah. god, that would be awesome. I I've been a big Cameron Grimes fan forever. He. I, I don't think he's actually been on NXT TV a lot lately either. So Uh-oh. if they do want to call him up, hey, why not? Let's do it. Um, he's sort of done all he can do in NXT at this point, I think. So if mm-hmm. they want to bring him up to the main roster, this would be one fun way to do it. Because anybody who's watching the Rumble, um, well, I shouldn't say anybody, but most people watching the Rumble are big WWE fans in general. So... Hopefully, most of those fans also watch NXT and are familiar with Cameron Grimes so that he would get the pop he deserves when he comes out. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a fun evening. 
Um, I'll probably watch it. I think I'm working that night on Saturday night at the Admirals game. So when I come home, I'll have something to watch, throw it on. It'll be fun. So, yeah, I am looking forward to it. If Cody Rhodes wins, wow. I mean, after being on the shelf for how many months? Eight, nine months, something like that. Yeah. Then come back and have a nice little uh, – he's never won the – the Royal Rumble ever in his whole career, and then not even boom, close. Signs a nice, hefty contract, and uh, yeah, main event WrestleMania. Now, how is that decision looking? Him walking from AEW over to WWE. It's it's almost ironic. Um, when he made the leap, I think all of us thought there is no way this guy's gonna get booked at well mm. in WWE. They're gonna punish him like every week. And I think it's been the complete opposite. Every match this guy has had since going to WWE has been a memorable match. Granted, there's only been a few of them, but they're all memorable. And so with him coming back at the Rumble, man, if he if he wins the Rumble, and, and part of the reason I think he will is just because the fans are really behind him. Even WWE fans who remember him from, you know, 2010 when he was on his first run there. And obviously AEW fans have crossed over a little bit just to kind of see what he does in WWE. And his quality of his matches has stayed exactly the same as it was in AEW. His storylines are also really good. So I don't see any reason he shouldn't win it. Again, Vince is back and his booking theories are maybe a little bit different. Um, But Vince was around when Cody first made the leap too. And that all went pretty well. So honestly, I don't know. It could go either way. But again, gun to my head, it, it's got to be Cody because it, the story writes itself. All right. We shall see. So, yeah, let's tune in on Saturday and uh, just enjoy it for what it is. Nothing that we say and do or anything will affect it. So, you don't as know that. fans, you don't know that. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Vince might let's be listening just... right now. Shout out to Vince, friend of the God. channel. God damn it, those guys aren't going to give me the secret. God damn it. Well, you could always anyway. pay us $15 million to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Oh, man, that'd be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of fun, we just got one thing left to do before we sign off this evening, and that's promo of the week. And it's pretty amazing because we've been bringing up rednecks and, um, you know, hillbilly culture quite a lot tonight. Cameron Grimes, I mean, the Briscoes were chicken farmers. Uh, Power slap was a big topic, and let's just keep it going. This one comes from Mr. Swisher, currently living in Tennessee. Favorite TV show as a kid was the Beverly Hillbillies. Needless to say, favorite wrestler was Hillbilly Jim. Go get him, Hillbilly Jim. Enjoy this promo. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. Swisher. So this one is from... August 4th, my birthday, 1985. I was one years old when this um, promo was delivered, and it was delivered by one of my favorite wrestlers, too. Big Hoss, Hillbilly Jim, and he's with Uncle Elmer. Let's take a listen. For the World Wrestling Federation, here's one of your favorites. We're happy to say he's about ready to get back into action. He was hurt for several months because of a knee injury. And Hillbilly Jim, welcome back to the World Wrestling Federation. The fans have been anxious to talk to you, hear from you. How's it going? Well, thank you, Freddie Miller. I want you to know, buddy, I'm glad to be here. And I want to say hello to everybody out there at home and looking. And I want to tell you all I can't wait to get to those arenas and see you all over the country. 
Good, so they can count on seeing you soon. Yes, sir, real soon. Now, I understand soon you have... I think. Oh, good. You have a special visitor and a guest for us this I went, week. I went to South America. South America? Well, South America. I meant South South America. We're talking about Mississippi. Oh, South, That's South United America. United States of America. That's right, sir. I and I went and got my uncle. Oh. Uncle Elmer. Yes. I told him what happened. I told him what happened with Beefcake and Valiant. How they did me right there in San Diego, California. How they tried to get me down and do more than just put me out of the wrestling business. They wanted to hurt me so bad I might not never be here no more again. But I brought my old uncle. Come here, uncle. Look at this man here. Boy, he's big. That's right. He's and bigger gonna, than you. We're going to take care of him. He's mighty bigger than me. Tell him about it, Elmer. Tell him what you're going to do and how you're happy to be here. Well, Ken called me. He didn't just call me. His mama brought him down there to see me. Well, when the Ken comes and Ken asks to help out, brother, I'm going to help out and I'm going to take care of some business up here and all over the all over the world. Wherever he wants me to go, where I'm going to take care of some business, Ooh. and especially one man, the man that done it to the knee, Beefcake. Uh-huh. Beefcake, you better, you, better, you better run, boy. Listen. That's right. I'm in town now. I'm in town to get you. I'm in town to get anybody else wants to wants to bother Jim. Cause when you bother Jim, you bother my my kin, and my kin is my kin. And you don't do that. That's just like one of my pigs. You don't right. bother my pigs, and you don't bother my kin. That's right. Is that right? That's right. Let me tell you something. That Johnny Valiant. That Johnny Valiant, I heard what you've been out here talking. What you've been saying about me, how you've been laughing and snickering and joking, making jokes about me and you too, Elmer. Talking about what he's going to do to us and what Beefy's going to do to us. Well, let me tell you something, boys. Your times are coming. It's right around the bend. Now, we've been watching your matches and we've been watching what you've been doing. We've picked up some things me and Elmer have been talking about. So it could be you're both going to be in there against both Brutus Beefcake and luscious Johnny Valiant. Well, now, Mr. Miller, we can't rightly say right now. Because we it's got some things. Possible. Those two critters are sneaky. We got a few tricks up our sleeves, too, don't we, Elmer? We got a bunch of sleeves. We got a bunch of tricks up Woo! our sleeves. That's right. I tell you what, it's just like reaching down and getting one of them old Poland China hogs and carrying them around. But Beefcake, buddy, you're you going to get something you don't want from me, boy. Classic stuff from Hillbilly Jim and Uncle Elmer. Mr. Swisher, thanks a lot for your submission. What did you think of that one, Steve? You don't go messing with a country boy, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was I don't even rec- you know I don't even recognize the guy that was interviewing them. I mean I watched it during that. I mean I guess I was eleven, but uh, it was not uh, Mean Gene on the mic with him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, yeah, Hillbilly Jim. I mean, how could you not like him back in the day? He was uh, he was one of those like hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan. He just it was it was like fans just liked him for whatever reason, and he oh, yeah. stuck around Actually, a while. I couldn't disagree with you more, Steve, about Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Hillbilly Jim. Yes, they were the same stature and, like, solid mid-card dudes. But Hillbilly Jim was a very smart person when it came to his Hall of Fame. Oh, God. Remember that thing? That was the the worst Hall of Fame speech ever. (laughs) But he he tried to break the stigma that he was a dumb hillbilly. And he, like, was up there, like being so smart and intellectual you remember that i do remember it how could i not i was waiting for the good speeches and i had to sit through that (laughs) (laughs) it was literally a half hour oh god that's just the flaw i mean and actually i think it was vince and company actually their heart was in the right place but they just kind (laughs) of let them go 
And it's like right. guys like Hillbilly Jim and Larry Zabisco just, I mean, I like Larry Zabisco, but they just wouldn't shut up. And then they'd say, and then like Scott Hall or Kevin Nash or whoever comes out and they got like 15 minutes. And it's like, nobody came there to hear Hillbilly Jim talk for three hours. So like, seriously. No. Yeah. Yeah. They got to get the, uh, got to get, get the, the music the going. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Get the hook or actually, yeah, they could, they could come up with some kind of wrestling thing that like you know i was talking them. to somebody about this recently i forget who some friend of mine and gary? i actually no it wasn't gary surprisingly larry it was it was jerry no um <laughs> <laughs> or, or or barry or mary i don't know but um <clears throat> anyway wrestling prides itself in being punctual you know like like if a wrestler yes. goes over their slot and re- in a match and her and, yeah. and affects the other wrestlers they get in serious heat for that mm-hmm. like that is not done but it's just funny that these guys that made a living doing that like when they have their final moment in the hall of fame they just can they're, they're they just get so tone deaf like he'll be jim should have known his place on the card and he didn't mm. no he was not doing these three simple things. What's that? It would have been a, a great, great speech if Hillbilly Jim just would have, you know, maybe stayed humble, stay hungry, and just stay hard. Ugh. Yeah, Triple H. Once